Well, it's the 4th of June 2020. Here we are. And let's talk a little about Israel and Palestine and the Middle East peace process as I understand it. And it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I've said before, but I was very interested by the offer by the Sultan of Oman to be intermediary between Israel and Iran that was dismissed out of hand by Benjamin Netanyahu. Interesting, now we've got a new unity government. Will the same position remain? Will he hold the same position? We have a serving prime minister on trial for corruption. We have an interesting foreign minister in Israel, a new foreign minister, military guy. There are always so many of these Israeli politicians are military guys. But somebody to look out for, perhaps, and somebody might have a better vision. It's Gabi Ashkenazi. Gabi Ashkenazi was the military leader, chief of the general staff of the Israeli Defense Forces. And he's in his late 60s, cracking on a bit, not much younger than me, really. But he's thought to be a good guy. His father was a Holocaust survivor, immigrated to Israel from Bulgaria. He's a very interesting man. He's, he's worked hard in, in, as a military man, was well respected. And his views are outgoing, at least. So perhaps we have a chance with him. Perhaps we have a chance of a better approach. But a better approach to Israel's rapprochement with Iran does not mean a better approach to everything else. Nonetheless, it's interesting how confused the whole Israeli military establishment are by Benjamin Netanyahu's plan to annex the West Bank. It's inspired by the Trump's peace plan in part and the support he's getting from Donald Trump. But nobody in the Israeli military has the faintest idea what Benjamin Netanyahu means by it. I'm going to annex the West Bank. I was always told the difference between a negotiated peace and an imposed peace was the Jordan Valley. So I can see that. Yes, okay. Israel takes the Jordan Valley, but Israel's already taken the Jordan Valley. So where's the difference here? It's symbolic, isn't it, really? It's symbolic, saying Israel annexes the West Bank. Of course, they annex it. They can annex it by a mere majority vote in the Knesset. To un-annex it would take quite a vote indeed. Yeah, two-thirds majority, wouldn't it, under Israeli law? It's, it, it's going to be much more difficult to un-annex once it's annexed, but it's an obstacle in the way of the peace process, such as it is. Great shame that because of the, well, the incredible forcefulness of Israel, this goes on with settlement building, goes on with the Trump plan, but the Palestinians then give Israel a veto over the peace process, is what I think. I think it's a great mistake not to enter negotiations, but Palestinians don't see that and don't think as I do, and fair enough. Why should they? I always liked the Abdullah plan, the Arab plan. The phased introduction of the Abdullah plan has been something that I've believed in for years. I think it's the best plan on the, on the table. But you can't get it all in one, but you can get it in step by step. Uh, we have to have a kind of three-state solution now rather than a two-state solution. I mean, Hamas is not part of the PLO, unfortunately, and Gaza is not part of <laughs> the West Bank. Well, it never was, was it? But Palestine is divided into two states, two states that are very unlikely to have any election. Elections, two states with two separate governments. There was a, always a chance. There was a chance, and the chance was in Israel's hands to have a credible Palestinian government. I mean, had Marwan Barghouti been released from Israel's jails, this would have gone beyond symbolic meaning. It would mean to have an effective Palestinian leadership. But Israel and Hamas reached a bargain not to release Marwan Barghouti. Uh, you remember Hamas had Gilad Shalit and the uh, 
release of the soldier Gilad Shalit was predicated initially on Marwan Baghouti being at the top of the the released so prisoners by Israel. In return for Gilad Shalit, Hamas asked Israel to take Marwan Baghouti off the list. Obviously, um, too frightening for them to have a credible leader for Fatah because well he would he would have got support all over the place. He was um, he is I suppose Palestine's Mandela, but there. He'll probably die in an Israeli jail. But Fatah leadership is partly to blame for the dead hand we see uh, on this because their non-cooperation under the previous, of course, years back, but previous leadership of of, uh, Fatah and the PLO, Yasser Arafat, Israel would never have been given a veto on peace talks by saying there'd be no peace talks while settlement building take place. And so, yes, Netanyahu can relax and play games and talk about annexing the West Bank and so on with nobody to call him to account. I think, of course, that the Palestinians could have entered into talks over the Trump plan. Others don't think like me. I don't like the Trump plan any more than the Palestinians like the Trump plan. But you can enter into talks about something and then that puts your interlocutors on the spot by just saying, I'm not going to talk, lets them get away with anything. Anyway, that's what I, I think. The best thing for the Palestinians in recent years has been the Balfour Initiative, which has been ratcheting up interest in the cause for Palestinian state recognition. Problems for peace are everywhere. Hamas itself is a problem for the peace process. It, it, even in recent times, it's imprisoned somebody for merely talking to Israel. What a disgrace. And all the, all the tough issues in regard to the peace process, Jerusalem, they're all resolvable. Jerusalem can be dealt with, like peeling the layers of an onion, dealing with security issues separately from planning issues and so on. But it's not happening, it's not going to happen, and that's unfortunate. What are you? Are you pro-Palestinian, pro-Israeli? I hope you're both pro-Palestinian and pro-Israeli. Everybody is concerned about the July 1st, 2020 date for the annexation of the West Bank. But it changes nothing. It changes nothing. We either have a peace process or we don't have a peace process. What do you want? Does Israel want a one-state solution? We're going to have some sort of apartheid Israel with a subject population in the West Bank? It doesn't make sense, really. Well, it is what we have, in a sense, but it doesn't make sense in the long term. It's not morally right, yet half the Israeli population are in favor of the annexation of the West Bank. And, of course, the Arab world have other priorities at the moment. Too many other concerns, the war in Yemen, for example. Israel's not that big an issue. The Palestinians do deserve equality, and they're not getting it. Not in Israel. We should all be placing an equal value on one another, and it's not happening not in Israel. And that is most important, especially if you're going to continue to annex territory to make Israel bigger and not move towards the recognition of a Palestinian state. The Trump plan had nothing in it for the Palestinians. Of course it had nothing in it for the Palestinians. And yet merely stepping into the room to negotiate, that had something in it for the Palestinians, my view. Will things change? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see American elections in the under COVID virus and with the absence of a proper postal vote. But we have a stalemate. We have non-cooperation. Now, of course, many, I mean, my friend Imad Karam of Initiatives of Change, he feels that the Palestinian leaders have not been invited to the dance floor. There is no 
opportunity. I don't think I'm betraying any confidence when I say that people like him like the slogan, fear free, hate free for the Palestinians. I like that slogan, fear free, hate free. It's a very good, it's a very powerful slogan. Palestinians need to walk tall and, and really they deserve to walk tall. And uh, yes, I suppose in some senses Israel is, is, is what? Israel is what? Well, Israel is a country that in some senses has lost its way. It's not in Israel's interest to maintain the status quo. That's completely clear, is to me at least. Isn't it to you? A new government in America, will they change things? It's not going to move the embassy back from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv. It's in some senses. Joe Biden will be as pro-Israel as Donald Trump. But that's not the issue really. If Joe Biden can get the Palestinians on board, then we can actually begin with new heart and new negotiations and a new start. has to be, doesn't it? Can't go on like we are. (laughs) Some would say that there's been little progress with regard to Middle East peace since the Madrid conference in 1991. And for Gaza, it certainly seems like that. Gaza, what does Gaza care about peace now? All it cares about is survival. It's what my friends in Gaza tell me. All they want is something to, somewhere to live in peace, something to eat. They've had it hard for a long time now in Gaza. We live in a new virtual world, a world where governments have failed us, but where perhaps people can be the, the catalyst for peace and reconciliation. I'm not entirely despairing of the new unity government in Israel. There is a chance, at least we have to hope that there's a chance of a better approach. There will be a different flavor to government in Israel, that's for sure. And Palestinian Israelis have started to, the Arab Israelis, have started to vote in elections. That makes them a more powerful voice. Perhaps there is more hope around, more thinking around, especially in this post-coronavirus world. People are thinking more deeply. And perhaps the final word on the Israel-Palestine story will yet be peace. Let's hope so and let's pray so. And uh, as a footnote, good luck to Israel's new foreign minister, because he seems like a good guy. God bless Gabi Eshkenazi. We wish him well.